is a god of the game. Do you think replacing an attacking midfielder with a defensive one will make your team more attacking? The answer is yes if the player is Kante and the coach is Tuchel. A half-time team talk masterclass reminded everyone on why Chelsea are the favorites. Is the Bundesliga an exciting product with a club that is as ridiculously strong as Bayern? Looks like Juve have invented the time machine by taking us 3 years back. Whereas in La Liga, Vinicius is turning out to be the real deal. Also guys, the IPL is back. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Sports Searcher where after watching all those Sunday night games as we promised and to talk about them all we have Ishan with us and uh, Monday morning games as well hi guys <laughs> welcome back to our podcast great so when tottenham chelsea game was going on right i was actually taking a bit of notes so i was just trying to observe certain things and try to like note down pointers and all so first half i did that and once on the second half started i stopped doing it so some of the things i wrote down was delhi ali was playing really well lukaku had the least number of touches tottenham are looking good uh, cristian romero is having a good game so i noted all these points and then and and then totally the second half totally flipped to the other side yeah and i think you know that that actually shows and actually that's proof of how good a manager tukel is and i think one of the key thing that pointed that out was they were meaning it was chelsea was second best for the first half and the second half instead of bringing on an attacker he replaced mason mount who didn't have a such a great great game with engolo kante yeah and i was surprised who scored angolo kante <laughs> who are the other two scorers two defenders thiago silva and rudiger yeah. meaning this chelsea this chelsea squad is like a unit on a roll they're like a steam rolling through the premier league right now it's quite scary and you know to be honest i don't even see manchester city uh, stopping them right now and the momentum they are going but unbelievable uh, great result for them 3-0 actually is quite deceptive i felt tottenham didn't had a pretty good showing uh, but man for man chelsea is just a stronger team and it showed like i always wanted to say this in a professional capacity that's a game of two halves oh my <laughs> going with <laughs> so i mean see this is what what fascinates me with tukel i mean you take mount out you put kante in and show the team that what they were lacking in the in the middle of the pitch after the post game uh press conference also he made a very valid point that i wasn't talking about tactics i wasn't talking about formations i wasn't talking about space all i was talking to them about energy and speed and who did they who did they bring in kante and he is an absolute cheat code chelsea are looking very very strong and yes they are uh leveled on points with liverpool on top but they i mean if this continues if they continue to play the way they played the second half uh, we are in for something special from chelsea yeah and i think that's a champion squad right you obviously you don't have to be the best team on the day to win a game and uh, chelsea just did that they held down to the pressure that tottenham had in the first half uh, but you know not without losing too much control and then just capitalize because Tottenham spent so much energy in trying to take advantage of Chelsea in the first half in the second half they didn't have too much left in the tank and that's what champion teams do they take advantage of you know the gaps that are created due to that now talking about Tottenham like 
see now after these two results the point of kane wanting to leave tottenham will come again like yes at one level it's closed he has come out and said that you know he'll be a professional he'll play for the club whatever but after such performances you cannot let those conversations go off i'm pretty sure some part of tottenham fans and some part of the media are already talking about that see this is why kane wanted to leave this is why exactly kane wanted to leave yeah and 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 it's sad to see that because see i think kane realized when the entire transfer saga began that tottenham are just not going to be competitive this season and he wanted to be in a compare he wanted to win some trophies to have something on his resume when he hangs up his boots and i think it just left it a little too late so and we've discussed this many times will that affect his entire career trajectory will he be relevant next year uh, we don't know so the other game that happened in london was nothing short of a drama which is the west ham united versus manchester united the david moyes derby i was very impressed with west ham for a very large part of this game but i think in the end with that decision i thought david moyes lost it a bit there see i like let's start with the last minute of the game or the 94th minute i am never for this idea where managers bring on players to just take a penalty uh, even if it's mark noble who's historically been west ham's go to penalty taker uh, you just don't do that it didn't work out for england in the euros as well I, there were enough players on the pitch who could have just slotted that shot and great save by degea he guessed the right way but not a very convincing penalty but you know i think west ham played really well they missed antonio a lot their main player yeah. he was suspended he would have probably been a difference maker in this result because you know there were some chances that he if he was at the end of it he would have probably put it away some really bad bad uh, refereeing decisions there were some i think at least penalty yeah. shots Uh, chances that united should have got uh, especially the one with ronaldo uh, but you know let's start with ronaldo again like scoring fourth goal now i, I think he scored in every game he played yeah. for united comparisons have been uh, brought up again mr lionel messi is still at zero uh, but you know a good result these are results which united last season didn't win this is already almost like a you know ronaldo effect where you know matches like this go united's way and i think just another one shout out to mr lingard whose career is swinging like a pendulum it's got the high then a low and then on a high again great goal uh, coming back to west ham got a great ovation by the crowd yeah it was a very very good game and uh, it had everything in it now talking about great goal scorers making a difference in the game Let's talk about the other Manchester team who are struggling to find shots on target. I mean, what they had? How many shots on target against Southampton? They had exactly one shot on target, and that was in the 93rd minute, the last kick of the game. Phil Foden uh, had a header, uh, and that was well, really well saved. Uh, but that's it. They had nothing. They were, and this, by the way, comes at the backdrop of. the entire controversy between pep guardiola and the fans yes a rather unnecessary controversy pep yeah. for people who do not know pep said that you know we need fans coming into our stadium to support i don't think he meant it in a way that the fans do not come there uh, but i think he wanted more you know support because i was reading reports where the city team is quite fatigued and he wanted the fans to stir them up to take them to that level 
but the city fan club official fan organization didn't particularly like that and uh, basically told him to stick to coaching uh, so it unnecessary controversy uh, and i didn't it didn't help this result to be honest uh, city didn't make a very good case for themselves they were pretty toothless throughout the game yeah yeah it was it was very disappointing to watch and talking about toothless teams arsenal scored a goal thanks to a brilliant free kick from odegaard i mean that's probably the only highlight of the entire game apart from arsenal managed to keep in a clean sheet yeah i think that's i think it's you know taking a pun from your toothless joke i think that's where the only time where a wisdom tooth is uh, useful uh, their wisdom tooth is Martin Odegaard because some, most of the time most often they're not able to remove it uh, but sometimes it can chew and it did chew in this game and i think it was a really good goal i never knew odegaard had free kicks in his repertoire beautifully curved curling free kick uh, to the right left hand side of the keeper but that's about it that was literally the only highlight in the game arsenal again you know these games they're looking pretty weak uh, you normally associate arsenal to take care of burnley uh but yeah one goal is the difference maker yeah as it stands i fear my arsenal fan i'll take any victory because they were really relishing in the bottom and right now they have six points now the table looks like this chelsea on top alongside with liverpool both are on 13 points in fact exactly same results both of them game by game manchester united third brighton fourth the surprise package of the first five games manchester city on fifth and everton on sixth before before we uh, move on to the other leagues i just want to give a big shout out to nabi kieta's goal uh, guys if you haven't seen it uh, nabi kieta mr nobody knows what the hell he's doing at liverpool uh, came up with a absolutely spectacular volley what a beautiful goal do check it out if you have the chance La Liga this week had one of the games of the season probably one of the games of every season the two biggies Valencia and Real Madrid came together on Sunday night where Valencia actually were pretty impressive for about 80 minutes and suddenly Real Madrid realized okay we have 10 minutes and we have a game to win and came up and scored two goals yeah and i think and actually what made this game even more important was it was a top of the table clash both of them were on 11 points and uh, you know i i predicted valencia to be a very strong unit and they were for most of the game real madrid had chances uh, but valencia had the better chances they were dominant and then hugo duro scored a brilliant finish across the goal it took a bit of a deflection from militao and uh, like many years ago when ancelotti was our manager it takes somebody to punch us in the face or in the gut for us to realize that we are we have we are in a fight and that goal basically literally triggered real madrid back into life some really good substitutions kamavinga again coming off the bench and making a difference rodrigo playing like again coming off the bench he got in uh, isco played really well and but then it all comes down to mr vinicius and benzema man those two are truly becoming one of the le- most lethal partnerships in europe uh, the first goal came from a benzema assist took a bad deflection vinicius slotted it in and that was in the 84th minute and in the 88th minute benzema with a vinicius cross finished a really actually quite a brave header when the keeper approaching and that ended the game at 2-1 a very important victory especially now with atletico dropping points and barcelona with two games to play so 
yeah top of the table feels good yeah and think about like almost a year back benzema was telling benjamin mondi that vinicius junior is playing for the opponent team <laughs> yeah it's really good to see both i feel ancelotti has done wonders with vinicius there's some amount of confidence that ancelotti has given uh, vinicius that probably zidane didn't uh, and i think that's the true value of ancelotti as a manager he might not be the best tactician but he knows how to motivate players to give their best when it matters so amazing yeah their city rivals atletico madrid as ishan was pointing out drew their home game against athletic bilbao nil nil Yao Felix was sent off I think for swearing at the referee or something I don't know what exactly he did but he said something that irked the referee and he gave him a double yellow and sent him off but the yeah, Atletico Madrid not very great they still have the best squad but I still don't think they know their best starting 11 yet Simeone seems to be uh, changing the formation a lot I don't think he still knows which is his best starting 11 yeah and I think you know the one biggest standout you know it stands out like a like a rash is griezmann and i feel really bad because again he got a start in this game and he didn't do anything it it, it was almost like he was a waste of space which is sad jao felix got a red card uh, red card for you know he took a tackle got a tackle done got a yellow and he objected said something and got a immediate yellow card again uh but if you see all the games this season you know both of us have been talking about what a strong team atleti is but all their game they've been struggling to score you know if you take away the blunder at against villarreal you take away you know 10 not 10 minutes not being added on against espanyol they basically drawn every single game this season it's it's ridiculous but on the other hand isn't that how atleti always plays there is always that element of that luck or something that always they you can always analyze an atletico madrid by going that oh you know that mistake gave them that goal that extra minute that made them the difference but they've always been that edgy team but i'll tell you one key difference from all the simeone teams of the past they're actually conceding quite a lot this season which is something what yeah. you associate with atleti you associate them with keeping clean sheets oblak getting the zamora trophy and they winning grinding out 1-0 results currently they are conceding goals yes they didn't concede against bilbao but they've been conceding goals which is the cause of concern for them so the table reads like this real madrid right now um five matches played they have 13 points atletico second with 11 valencia 10 third sociedad 10 at fourth well barcelona still have uh, two games to they have their fifth game tonight against granada so let's see what happens after that So before we started this episode right I take screenshots of every league table in in front of me so that you know it's easy for me to talk about it so every league table I only took the screenshot of the first 10 I didn't take the screenshot of the last 10 for Serie A I took the screenshot of the last 10 because Juventus are on 18th oh my goodness gracious what a this if this is the bala way of giving a burn this is bala's burn <laughs> bb game it this was when i watched this game i told myself like oh my god i have traveled back in time four years this is the juventus that we have been watching for a very long time this is the juventus that the juventus fans and the juventus board didn't want to see and sacked allegri the same juventus is back <laughs> but i mean i didn't see the game you know you know tell me how was was juventus dominant was ac milan 
did ac milan deserve more what happened so ac milan were dominant like they had the possession they were making all those runs and attacks but juventus first half they were extremely clinical so they defended really well you have your bonucci's and kelini's like both of them were very solid chesney didn't make any mistake in fact he made one or two very good saves uh, in the end that saved juventus the game but they were extremely clinical on the counter now since you have quadrado back in the team there was morata who was actually playing really well dibala was again fully fit and playing well so these three combined in fact the first goal was a brilliant pass from dibala to morata and morata ran with the ball pretty much for half the field and dunked uh, like chipped it over uh, mainyan it, it was a insane finish so i thought like okay this uva is good uh, this is the best of allegri's uva but second half i saw the worst of allegri's uva where there were no creativity they just let milan have all the ball they just let milan take all the shots and when milan scored the equalizer it was very evident that you were not going to score back it was first half was pretty good and second half you were completely lost it yeah and i think it's it's a sign of things to come for juventus you know we discussed this in the last podcast how weak their squad is uh, especially in their midfield and you know the moment normally a juventus side when they go up 1-0 you'd see them you know hammer in a couple of more goals just to you know bury the result but this juventus is as you said very like the allegri of old where a 1-0 and then after taking a 1-0 lead they just sit back and are comfortable with handing the ball over to the opposing team the problem right now is that there are more teams in seria which are as strong if not stronger than juventus right now and have the ability to capitalize and allegri has to realize that this kelly and bonucci are 3 years older than when he left them i don't think he realized that at all like he came back and he still think his guys are still 3 years younger i mean how how many how much they can handle i mean they're really old they can't run a lot and because they can't run a lot you can't play high up the field so it also affects them tactically if you look at the last 3 goals they conceded right this one was a header from a set piece corner ante rebic ante rebic is not your tallest player who you expect us to score out of a corner header and all he was able to find space and score a header so the kind of goals that they concede right it's it's clearly not helping them they'll have to find a solution delete and the demeral project hasn't really kicked on for them so uva 18th uh, it is trouble lands i mean if you if he's not going to win their next one or two games they have relatively easier fixtures if they are not going to get good results they don't they should not get one nils they need to get good results otherwise well we never know allegri could be in trouble yeah but i still you know just because it's juventus i'll give them benefit of the doubt that they will turn this season around probably not win the league uh, but they'll finish in the top half i think juventus cannot afford another manager right now uh, with all the cancellation termination fees that they have to pay uh, i think they will stick with allegri and just hope for the best and just get done with this season champions inter won their game against bologna they lost their midweek game against real madrid they had really very good chances but they couldn't convert any of them which wasn't a problem against bologna as they hammered six goals against them ac milan as we said drew their game against juventus roma suffered their first loss 3-2 it is little weird to see mourinho's teams conceding three goals right <laughs> Yeah, and actually, it was if you 
looked at the schedule this would probably be one of the results where you even without marino you would say that roma should be winning this tie uh it was quite a surprise surprising result 3-2 uh but i would the way roma have been playing they've actually been playing pretty attacking football i think it's just a one off result i feel uh it's mourinho's first season so by record it's not going to be a downfall from here there are two seasons to go for that all right the serie a table looks like this inter milan on top with 10 points ac milan again on 10 points roma 9 points napoli have their fourth game tonight they are playing against udinese if they win that game they will go on top and they will be the only team with the perfect record Now when we spoke about the games to look forward for this weekend we never covered Bundesliga because Bundesliga didn't actually have a big game but I just want to talk about this one point where this weekend Bayern played against Bochum or Bochum I I'm guessing I'm pronouncing it horribly wrong <laughs> Bochum yeah perfect Bayern scored seven goals the game ended 7-0 Bayern have scored about 20 goals in five games that too after a 1-1 draw in their first game like i'm not saying bayern are one of those manchester city psg type teams they'll just go and buy players left right and center from every other league they have their own business model it's a very efficient business model but having such a strong bayern imagine yourself as someone who wants to sell bundesliga as a product to a broadcaster or to a distributor how will you sell it man this is ridiculous right Yeah, it takes me back to uh, Jurgen Klinsmann many years ago. Say, uh, talking about Germany in the as a as a national team in the World Cup. You know, you can beat them. You can you know dominate the play. You can you know control. You can score many goals, but in the end, Germany wins. And that is the I think the you can apply that definition to Bayern Munich. It's not just because they're the strongest team. It's because how. their strategy is more about weakening their other rivals uh if you look at this year three of you know if you, this year was leipzig was probably their biggest rival and they significantly depleted leipzig by taking three three two players and one manager of them and leipzig have not been the same like they they've not had really good results this season and that just shows the strategy works for bayern yes but does it work in europe not too much right like you know they've always been favorites for your, the champions league year on year but they have not won enough so it almost i feel while i agree with you they weakens the bundesliga but i feel it weakens bayern munich when it comes to european football almost like a psg it's almost become like a farmers league this might be a challenge for them because this year uh, they are almost they almost have like a transitionary squad they have a young squad waiting to be the number one starting 11 and they've got few players who are at the end of their careers if you look at at bayern at least if you look at lewandowski i'm pretty sure he's not going to be there next year uh, you look at neuer who's turned 50 uh, you look at muller uh, all of them they might you know might not have too many years left in them and but they still have such a young squad you know getting sabit sir who's in his 20s was captain of leipzig he's the future schweinsteiger for me because if you see him play if you see the highlights guys if you've not seen him play he's outstanding and he can't even make the first team yeah it looks like dortmund are the only team who are trying to sell bundesliga as a brand because they will score three goals and let the opposition score two goals just to make the game interesting and go and score the fourth goal and end it <laughs> and how- but it's like 
but dortmund is something else man and let's talk about you know we keep waxing lyrical about lewandowski but let's not not talk about erling haaland yeah. meaning 68 goals in 64 games for bayern munich uh, for borussia dortmund i mean that is unreal uh, his stats in the champions league i think he'll beat ronaldo's like tally in like four seasons or five seasons at the rate he goes so meaning they are so amazing to watch when attacking but they are so bad in defense so it's a guaranteed entertainer when dortmund's playing he has already scored 21 goals in champions league man in some 14 games or 16 games or something it's just just ridiculous numbers and this week also he scored two goals he's he's really really good and this also just to finish this this is without dortmund making a deep run in the champions league yes <laughs> yes Now the Bundesliga table, uh, no surprise, Bayern are on top for 13 points. Wolfsburg dropped their first points against Eintracht Frankfurt. They are also on 13. Dortmund on third. Leverkusen on fourth. So the final fourth game of all the games of the weekend happened between PSG and Lyon, where again Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe all three started. But it wasn't. that argentinian who won the game for psg it was the other argentinian mauro icardi who came and scored the winning goal i know you were watching valencia madrid but were you actually watching this also on the side uh let's be honest no but i the first thing i did this morning i saw the highlights because there was quite a lot of news around pochettino having the balls to substitute uh, lionel messi and messi not being too happy about it but i think that's the big pressure on pochettino man there's so many egos on this squad and you don't even have ramos playing as yet yeah so it's going to be challenging messi by the way you know uh, we we joked about him not scoring he's been pretty unlucky he's probably had the most number of shots come off the woodwork uh, in europe right now and meaning it's just a matter of time when he gets his first goal and then the floodgates will open but if you look at how psg play they they are now become like a messi team and it's so funny because everything now is directed towards messi to do something and they're not that kind of a team and i think the moment they realize that and go back to how they used to be i think even messi will flourish over and above psg yeah it was a very good game and to me it was a very important game for many reasons a pochettino took messi out knowing that that will make a lot of noise and the fact that the substitute came and scored and won the game actually kind of help pochettino in more ways than trouble because a he he can he can come out and say like hey i had the balls to take messi out when it's not working out and i was bold enough to make substitutions and win a very important game against lyon so that means uh, psg are on top of the table uh, with all five games and sorry five wins in uh, five games so i think just a final thought on you know commending pochettino on substituting messi because if this season goes bad for psg it's not messi who's going to be transferred out it's pochettino who's lo- going to lose his job yeah. uh, so i think that those are decisions pochettino will have to make throughout the season great guys now as we were saying psg are on top of the table marseille second lens third and ajay fourth IPL 2021 restarted yesterday yes with their own version of classico as they call it <laughs> chennai super kings versus mumbai indians csk made an exceptional comeback they went down 24 for 4 actually in fact actually it was 24 for 5 raidu was injured but from there 
a very impressive rearguard action by Rutraj Gaekwad and Jaddu and Bravo and all those players played really well. Rutraj, in fact, was exceptional. He ended up scoring 88 runs, unbeaten, and CSK ended up with a score of 156. And MI without Pandya, without Rohit Sharma, lacked a bit of uh, batting strength and they could score only 136 for 8. So it's a big win for CSK. Remember, the part 1 ended with CSK losing to Mumbai after scoring 218 runs. That crazy, incredible Pollard innings. So it was very important for CSK to start this with another win, especially after going down 24 for 4. I hope Mumbai Indian doesn't think this is the start of an IPL and they go on a run of losses because that's not how it would work this time. <laughs> They've restarted an IPL midway through a season. Yeah, yeah. But see, Mumbai still have quality and they'll probably need about... Four wins in another six games for them to guarantee a, a qualifier spot. I think they should be able to do that. Now, today, as we were talking, KKR and RCB game was happening. In fact, it ended. KKR absolutely thrashed the balls out of RCB. RCB were 92 all out. KKR finished in 10 overs. It's 94 for one. They finished it in 10 overs. It was an absolute... It was a super one-sided game, Virat Kohli. Bala, you're a stats guy. Tell me, how many times has RCB actually gotten out under 100? Because I think it's quite a lot. Like For being such a top-heavy team. Yeah, top top of my memory, I can think four. No, no, three games, actually. Yeah, because, you know, Kohli failed again. Uh, De Villiers failed. And then without them, they have no one because Maxwell is hot and cold. Yeah. And again, I think this would be another failure of a season if they don't pick up their, you know, get their act together. Yeah, Kohli needs to score and Kohli getting out like that is... is and, and him coming out and announcing that he's not going to be RCB's captain also is definitely not going to help the team. They will have to come up with some results. Someone in the team has to be the shining light and uh, motivate others. I read a very uh, funny meme on Twitter where, you know, somebody tweeted saying the next thing left for Kohli to do is stop being admin of the WhatsApp group <laughs> at the rate he's going. <laughs> uh, that's about it for episode 33, guys. When we come back again on Thursday, we'll talk about all the midweek games. La Liga and Serie have midweek games. In English Premier League, we have the EFL Cup or the Carabao Cup. If something really dramatic happens, we'll talk about it. Otherwise, you can get your updates from your own sources. We're not going to do anything about that. And we'll also talk about some of the IPL games. In fact, tomorrow we have uh, Kings 11 Punjab or Punjab Kings. I don't know. They have changed their name versus uh, Rajasthan Royals. Until then, it is bye from Bala. And bye from Ishan, guys. See you soon. Thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure you hit the subscribe button and also please, like we are literally begging to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to. It not only helps us, but also helps new listeners to find our podcast easily. You can also reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at the rate Sports Charcha. A big shout out to the Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow the Jam Room on Facebook at the rate the Jam Room Audio. Bye! Bye.